If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Enjoying it so much he's going to be gone a couple more days. Mm -hmm. So he'll be back uh, probably midweek. But good for him. Um, Maybe he needed time just to breathe in, breathe out a little bit because of the Inflation Reduction Act that actually is going to increase inflation. Yeah, the uh, Senate has passed the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which actually does nothing to impact inflation on the positive side. But it does create... 87,000 new IRS jobs, effectively doubling the size of the Internal Revenue Service. So there you go. Good luck. You know, they, it, it's actually, I, I, I do think that tactically speaking, it's brilliant to call this scam the Inflation Reduction Act. And the reason why is because most of the time when we're talking about inflation, we're looking at the Consumer Price Index, which compares prices today versus prices from a year ago. Broadly speaking, that's that's what we generally look at. If prices go up 10% year over year, you're talking about, you know, 10% increase from February of this year to February of last year. Mm-hmm. Now, prices are probably not coming down anytime soon. However, the relative increase will start to look better and better as the months go on. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because, right, so, like, let's say we get into January, you know, where inflation really started kicking everyone in the teeth. Uh, you go January of 2023 versus 2022, maybe costs only went up 3% relative to that time a year ago. So they can say, see, look, inflation's under control. It's not. It's not really because prices are still 13% higher than they were in 2021. But they can say the relative percentage went down dramatically it just so happened that it happened a few months after we passed this thing we called the inflation reduction act i get where you're coming from it's almost like when they say and we're reducing the debt right they're not reducing the debt they're reducing the amount of debt we're going into compared to a year ago right exactly yeah (laughs) but they call that debt reduction i mean the comparison would be if I sold you an apple for a dollar a year ago, and then I sold this or a, a, an apple to you this year for two dollars, and you say, "Wow, the price has doubled on that. That's not good." But then next year, I'm going to sell you an apple for two twenty-five, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you, "See, the cost increase has actually slowed down by seventy-five percent." Don't you feel great? <laughs> so, no. Right. I don't. No, no, you don't actually feel great because you're still paying a dollar twenty-five more for that apple. You'd Correct. say I'm ripping you off, probably. Yes, of uh, course. But that's the sleight of hand that Democrats are engaged in right now. Um, and meanwhile, again, 
effectively doubling the size of the IRS, which means that more middle class Americans will wind up getting audited because those of us who aren't multimillionaires wind up getting disproportionately impacted by IRS investigations. Oh, yeah. And what do you have Democrats saying? Well, I, that's ridiculous. Right. We're going to be going after the fat cats. No, no. You've already, Democrats have already weaponized the IRS against conservative activist groups. You, you, y'all weaponized the intelligence community against a sitting president of the United States. Yep. So, no, I don't trust you increasing dramatically the size of any federal agency under your leadership. But uh, Democratic Senator Ben Cardin was on Fox News and asked whether he could understand why supersizing the IRS would make people worried. And, well, here's what he had to say. Millions of Americans aren't going to be impacted by that other than getting better service from the IRS, having their telephone answered, getting the questions they need in order to comply with our tax laws. The auditing is going to be uh, focused on those of high income, the large corporations, etc. So uh, there's no reason to be fearful. And if you have paid your tax, and if you comply with our laws, you should want to make sure everyone else does that. Okay, yeah, don't worry about it. Trust us on this. Mm-hmm. Hey, and when the other side suggested, hey, we only do this for people making over four hundred grand a year, we said no. But still trust us. Yeah. It's not going to hit, you know, average Americans. Of course you're not trusted. Unless you get all your news from the Today Show. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I like it. They're working for us. Yeah, if they were serious about it, they would have written in a guarantee that said, no, but we are not going to increase the rate of middle-income earners uh, and audits. But they didn't do that because we all know what the game is, right? The, the wealthy have ways of skirting tax laws legally. Sure. But if you forget to carry the one on one of your, on one of your forms, you're going to get a nice little rectal exam from a supersized IRS. What'd you sell on eBay? Right. Hey, did you buy something from out of state? Did you not? Huh? What'd you do there? Yeah, you know all that stuff's coming. Meanwhile, uh, boy, Biden, a job-creating machine, huh? (laughs) No. (laughs) But they're claiming it still. Again, it's the sleight of hand here. Joe Biden claimed that more than 600,000 manufacturing jobs have been created under his leadership, but that's not true. All but around 40,000 of those jobs were just added back. So, in other words, a manufacturer cut jobs during the pandemic and is finally now bringing people back into the fold. Again, most and that that goes across a bunch of different sectors in the economy. I mean, it it, it it's not so much that, oh, look at how many new jobs were created in travel and leisure or retail or whatever. A lot of it is just those jobs are being filled again. Right. So it's not an expanding economy. Anyway, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked whether or not this was misleading. It isn't just misleading. It's a lie. But uh, to say that he's created 600,000 manufacturing jobs when the real number is about 40,000. And here's here's the spin. Uh, okay. No, we we don't think so. I mean, if you, I just talked about this. If you think about when we talk about U.S. manufacturing is back, it, it's still the fastest recovery uh, that we have seen since 1950. Uh, that matters. Those jobs, it's adding back the vast majority and creating 41,000. But we're talking about recovery, right? The fastest recovery. Uh, and that matters. And so that's why the CHIPS and Science Act is so important, because one of the things 
when you think about manufacturing jobs, uh, you think about made in America, when you think about investing manufacturing here, that is what we're trying to do, and that's what the CHIPS uh, now law is going to do as well, making sure that we are investing here, making sure that we're, when we talk about the CHIPS. <laughs> talk about the CHIPS, you know. And that's the thing for a lot of people that don't pay that much attention to news. And I understand why. I'm not judging anybody for it. But you just get little news blurbs here and there, and you're just sort of a trusting person. Well, yeah, they can't lie about that. See, that's good. This CHIPS Act, I don't know what the heck it is, but it sounds good. And more jobs, and yeah, that sounds all great and good. And and look at all these jobs. The recovery, fastest since 1950. We told people not to come to their jobs and then said, okay, you can come back. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to be fast. Of course it is. And it chips and made in America. What's made in America? Isn't that part of the problem? Yeah. Everything's made in China, especially when you're talking about green energy or the semiconductors in Taiwan. And if China goes into Taiwan, what's going to happen? Right. I mean, the world is going to be hurting in a massive way. China's going to have even more control. But make that sound all good with the lie about jobs, and this is it, and that's why we're doing this, and we're all for the hardworking folks. People are getting screwed. I mean, some don't know it, but they are. And give it a year. We'll see where this is. And part of this Inflation Reduction Act, when you have a Democrat saying, well, I, listen, inflation's not going to be reduced. Probably it won't kick in for another year or two. No, people need help now, dude. Right. That's the part they don't tell you on legacy media. It's very frustrating. Now, over the weekend, Trump was out there. And I haven't heard this yet, but you heard it and said it's like a comedy routine, David. It's comedy routine. So just the backstory on this, the January 6th committee had that witness come in and testify a while back that on the day of the Capitol riot, Trump wanted to go to the Capitol. And the Secret Service said no. And as the story goes, Trump started trying to choke out a, a Secret Service agent and lunged towards the wheel and grabbed the wheel and said, we're right. going to the Capitol. I'm the president. <laughs> yes. So Donald Trump basically did a stand-up routine about that story uh, during his speech at CPAC in uh, Dallas. Uh, and I... It's a comedy routine. That's that's all there is to say about it. I wasn't sure if I should be honored because I felt very strong. <laughs> and I had these two big, strong Secret Service guys. If one guy could lift 350 pounds, no problem. <laughs> and I said, take me to the Capitol. No, sir, can't do it. <laughs> so I grabbed the steering wheel. <laughs> the comedy of the <laughs> And he rebuffed me, she said. He rebuffed Interesting. Well, he rebuffed me. Yeah, like this. He rebuffed me. So my hands fell around another powerful guy. Strong as hell. I know these people. These are very strong people. It's just not my deal. And I started to choke him. I felt, you know, when, so when the story came out... <laughs> Some people said, I never knew you were that strong physically. <laughs> and then I, they said I started throwing food all over the White House. No, I have too much respect for the White House. But that somebody could sort of believe. You know that. You could, <laughs> but to think that I'm going to be jumping into the seat 
grabbing a wheel, being rebuffed, grabbing this big, powerful guy. His neck is like this and grabbing. I'm going to take him. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> that is so great, man. <laughs> I like that, too. Then they said I went back to the White House and started throwing food everywhere. You've got to believe that one, which is, to me, that's, that's an admission that, yeah, he probably did throw a plate of food somewhere. And I could totally see it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But him trying to choke out the driver while grabbing the wheel? <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? President John Wick. <laughs> yes! Or he's going fast and furious. <laughs> he's like Dom, are you kidding? <laughs> All right. Update on vaccines that are not surprising uh, to us. I guess they're surprising to legacy media. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right, then. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Okay, COVID vaccines. Um, the demand for the little, little kids to get vaccinated yeah. is like we thought it would be because we talked to regular people. Uh, yeah. The Boston Globe had a report out over the weekend uh, that I love the framing of this. When the COVID-19 vaccines for children under five finally rolled out in June, <laughs> doctors expected to face hesitant parents. Surveys had predicted that only one in five would jump at the chance to vaccinate their littlest children right away. One in five, that seems very high by everything else you were reading. I don't know what surveys they were looking at, but I, I don't remember ever seeing anything that said they expect 20% of parents with six-month-olds to go get this COVID shot. Maybe in Boston only. Maybe in Boston. Maybe that's it. But in the six weeks since, the uptake has proven even weaker than how they put it, feared. Mm -hmm. Nationally, as of figures reported on August 3rd, just 3.83% of children aged six months to five years had received at least one dose of the COVID shot. Uh, In Massachusetts, which is ahead of the nation, it's only at 11%. It probably was. That poll probably was done there. Um, No, I think it's good news, to be honest, because you have parents thinking for themselves and getting information. The information's getting through. It was stifled for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think you have pediatricians, and I've told the story before plenty of times, because I got two kids in this age range, six Mm -hmm. months to five years, and... You know, I'm looking around, I'm looking, I can read. You know, I I know I'm no decorated epidemiologist like Lord Fauci, (laughs) but I can read and I can process information. And when I see even now the president of the United States was testing positive for COVID for 15 days or whatever, after getting four of these shots and after getting the Paxlovid treatment, I can say, okay, well, a lot of these therapeutics are maybe keeping people out of the hospital, but not preventing anybody from getting sick. And then you look on the other side at the mortality rate and whatnot for children with COVID alone, not talking about any other pre-existing conditions, but with just COVID, it's negligible. It's, it's, it's hardly anybody who's yes. getting seriously ill from COVID in the age group of six months to five years. So... You know, I talked to my kid's pediatrician, and my kid's pediatrician is saying, uh, nah, I mean, we can give it 
if you want it, but it's not something we're going to be trying to recommend. Yeah, and some doctors feel like they can't even say that. Yeah. Like they got to go along with exactly what they're being told to say. You know what's interesting talking about COVID? And this will be a little inside, but you can help me explain this. Kim Iverson did a podcast or worked for The Hill with the show called Rising yeah. with two other hosts, right? And she had been very vocal against vaccines and always questioning COVID, okay? And some thought she was over the top at sometimes. Most of what she talked about turned out to be true. She's done with that show. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I know, I know that they parted ways. Do you know why? Uh, no. So I just saw this last night. Rising is going to do an interview with Fauci, which, of course, she wants to be a part of. She has all these questions. Been working on wanting to talk to him forever, right? Yeah. First, they schedule it at a time she won't be there, <laughs> which they would always ask her, do you want to be here for whatever said interview? And then she could choose, and sometimes she would say yes, sometimes she would say no. This interview actually got moved to a time where she would actually be there. And she said, well, I absolutely want to be a part of this. She wasn't invited. <laughs> and the powers that be told her, sorry, we're moving forward uh, without you there. Wow. And she had said before, listen, because I wasn't that familiar with her. She had her own deal before she joined the Hill. Yeah. And there were so many of her followers were thinking, you're going to sell out. You're going to sell out. And she goes, I promise you, it's always going to be me that's talking. Okay. It's, I'm not going to you know, throw my integrity away just for these corporate over overlords. I'm not going to do it. So when that happened and they wouldn't let her be a part of the Fauci interview, she said, I'm done or I lose all credibility. So she just quit. Wow. Why wouldn't they do it? Oh, probably because they'd lose the interview. So what? Right. That just means a dude well, doesn't want to answer questions right. from her. At this point, I, I don't think anyone should really care because I, I don't know how much Fauci moves the meter anyway. For a while, he was obviously a hot commodity for any media outlet that would have him on. You know, he would. Yes. People wanted to know what is Dr. Fauci saying? And now I don't even think it's worth it if you're losing talent over over him. I don't no. know. That's cowardice. I, I agree. Oh, and this isn't like huge news that we need to cover, but I did win five bucks on a bet over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, Splitsville. It's over. <laughs> we tried to say at the time, that guy's not a closer. He's no. like a middle reliever. He's a middle reliever. Yeah. He's there for an inning, maybe two, but he's not going to bring it all home for you. No. And that was not going to be a test of timer. Yeah. I had tried to tell my oldest daughter this. I'm like, oh, youngster, you just don't know the ways of the world yet. She's like, I'm serious. I think I think they are. I think they're going to get married. I'm like, we could do this like the show, and I'll just do a $5 bet with you. Pay up, sweetie. <laughs> anyway, much to get to. Poll shows Biden isn't having a great comeback summer like they say. Really? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. There's the millennial David Van Camp. The sexy boomer, Scott Robbins, on vacation. He'll be back in a couple of days. Uh, this is the summer of love for Joe Biden. It's a big comeback, David. Well, I keep hearing that, right? Uh, Joe Biden is piling up win after win after win legislatively. And there's some truth to that. He's getting some things through thanks to the uh, Democrat majority in the Senate. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't actually reduce inflation, Um that could be counted as a win. Uh, this meager guns bill could be counted as a win. But at the end of the day, what are people most worried about? 
their personal finances. Of course. And they can celebrate all they want of gas prices coming down, but they're still uncomfortably high. Food at the grocery store is still high. Um, So those things tend to matter a little bit more than just legislative uh, victories in Congress. Well, we've seen time and time again in the polling. What is most important to the American people is not what's important to the Democratic Party and what they can get accomplished. Right. Uh, Now, according to a new ABC News Ipsos poll, more than two-thirds of Americans think the nation's economy is actually getting worse. That's the highest that measure has reached since 2008. Now, it was 82% in 08, and you understand why. But now 69% of Americans think the nation's economy is getting worse. Uh, Americans' views of Biden's handling of the economic recovery remain overwhelmingly negative, basically unchanged from the same poll in early June, with only 37% of Americans approving of the job the president is doing. I want to hear from those 37% who think, yeah, man, the economy's working for me. I mean, (laughs) they've all got to be in the boardroom at Amazon and Facebook, right? (laughs) I can't figure that out. Or just keep getting money. Yeah. And I don't have to pay rent. Right. And I just get to live for free. This is like a permanent vacation. Right. Outside of that, I don't know who it's working for. Okay. What is the deal with Stacey Abrams? She's the governor of Georgia, but she's <laughs> running for governor yeah. because she really didn't win. No. But never questioned the outcome of an election yeah. because that's an assault on democracy. Yeah. She's talking now about what? Uh, talking about abortion. Uh, Stacey Abrams, yes, the liberal conspiracy theorist and insurrectionist who's running for governor again in Georgia, (laughs) says that you can't put a date on when a person has rights. So she was on Meet the Press and asked about abortion and whether or not she would support abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. Now, she wordsmiths it a little bit, but the answer is yes, she does. Well, that's the whole question you've talked about, David. The Democrats are going to have to answer this oh, yeah. question sooner or later. That, that's why they're more mad about Roe v. Wade being overturned. It's not about anybody's health care. It's not about uh, prosperity for anybody. It's the fact that now they really are on the hot seat. Do you or do you not think that abortion should be legal on demand for any reason whatsoever all the way through the course of a pregnancy? Uh, And here's her response. She was asked specifically, hey, what about guardrails on abortion? Like, do you do you think that after a certain number of weeks or months, Mm -hmm. you would be okay with saying, "Okay, well, we're going to have to just make it's going to be banned with some exceptions. Right. Health of the mother, things like that. Uh, And here is uh, her answer on that. The reality is that to put an arbitrary date in a law devalues the pain and the tragedy of that moment. A doctor is not going to take an action that is not medically required. Uh, well, I know it's a separate issue, but they are lopping off breasts of healthy 12-year-old girls. Yes, they are. So, yeah, they they would. I, I'm, t- I'm so taken aback by what she just said. Can you play that little part again? Yeah. Arbitrary date in a law devalues the pain and the tragedy of that moment. A doctor is not going to take an action that is not medically required. Mm -hmm. And what we are saying is that this is a medical decision. I understand that there are those- Just a second, I wanna make sure that I understand. Is she talking about where the mom's life is at risk or just any abortion? 
I think she's talking about any abortion, and specifically she's referencing, like, you can't put too many, uh, or you can't write enough exceptions to an abortion ban, and I just think, yeah, you can. You can of course you can. You can keep it even fairly broad and say if the life of the mother is at mm-hmm. risk, yes. like, if it's, if, if it's a situation where, for whatever reason, the mother and the baby are both going to die unless mm-hmm. that pregnancy is terminated then that's pretty easy to codify. And also, it's not an arbitrary date. When you're talking no. 15 weeks, when you're talking, uh, you know, four months, five months, you're talking about the viability of the unborn person Correct. in the womb. Yeah, this whole decision between her and her doctor, are you talking about going to get the abortion or are you talking about how women supposedly go see a doctor first and say, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm thinking about an abortion. I want to consult with you on that. <laughs> right. That's not the way vast majority of abortions happen. They no. go to the abortion clinic. Yeah. Just stop with the wordsmithing. Yeah. It's insulting. Go ahead. Who would feel better if we picked, plucked a date out of the air. But we know that that is not scientifically supportable. But we also know that the tragedy... Yeah, it is scientifically supportable, actually. You can see the baby. You see the heartbeat. What are you talking about? Well, this, you know, you just, you can't, what, put some sort of timeline or whatever. When is this a life? That's the question, Stacy. Yeah. When does the person in the womb have rights? And you're saying never. That's what you're basically seven, uh, saying until the baby is actually born. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Of exceptions. You cannot write every exception into right. the law. And that is where we find ourselves today in Georgia. <laughs> Golly, man. Go ahead. I mean. Go down that road. You're going to lose it with people. Yeah. I mean, that that's the longest way possible of basically just saying, no, I don't support any sort of guardrails against right. the termination of a viable human being. Somebody who yes. could live outside of the womb, uh, that that's monstrous to me. Absolutely. Yes. We've gone over it before. I mean, I don't need to do it right now, but I mean, that's just absolute garbage. Speaking of garbage, switching gears a little bit, ESPN's Jalen Rose, former NBA star from the University of Michigan. His biggest concern right now apparently is Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore? What's wrong with Mount Rushmore? You know how when people say, would, like, this guitarist be on the Mount Rushmore of guitarists? Yeah. Like, it's a measuring stick it, when you're just talking about the greatest? Um, he wants to cancel that term because the moment was built, quote, on top of dead bodies of Native Americans whose land was taken from them. Mount Rushmore what? <laughs> yes. So Jalen says, can we retire using Mount Rushmore? This. That should be offensive to all of us, especially Native Americans, indigenous people who were the first people here before Christopher Columbus. The land was stolen from them when it was discovered that it contained gold. And 25 years later, to add insult to injury, four American presidents were put on what we call Mount Rushmore on the top of the dead bodies that is buried right underneath. So I call for you and for myself. I'm owning this, too. Let's stop using the term Mount Rushmore when we're talking about our favorite rappers talking about our favorite movies, talking about our favorite players. Okay. Oh. He, 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 he should be on the Mount Rushmore of bad takes. Th- yeah, that's right there. 
You know, this whole thing is just a victim, and I understand it's ESPN and it's wokeism, all of that stuff. You know, how about do something about, I don't know, fatherless children? You have a few, Jalen. Why don't you clean up your own house first before you think about the world's problems? (laughs) Golly, what a joke. Meanwhile, Anne Hesh. Remember her? I hadn't heard about Anne Hesh in a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, she was the original fake lesbian. Yeah, right, because she went kind of back and forth. Yes. Yeah. She'd been with dudes forever, and then yeah. she was with Ellen DeGeneres for a yeah. few years. Yeah. And then she went back to dudes. Yeah, I, I, I remember there was one uh, back when Saturday Night Live was actually edgy and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana Carvey, I think it was, who did the church lady thing. Remember that? Yes. That skit that he did? They, he was interviewing, you know, Ann Hesh as the church lady and was saying, okay, so we have some questions about your sexuality. And she says, <laughs> I, and I know I want to be careful about this. So would you say <clears throat> that you would prefer for lunch to eat this taco or this hot dog? <laughs> and then Ann Hesh looks at it, can't make a decision, and then puts the hot dog in the taco. <laughs> 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 well, yes, she was a pioneer because there were many, you know, especially pop starlets that came after her that seemed to dabble one yeah. way only to go back to dudes sometime later. I mean, there, there's been plenty of those. I think Demi Lovato, the latest. Anyway, yeah. the reason Anne Hetch is in the news is because of this accident she was in. Did you hear about this? I mean... Oh, yeah, she she crashed her car into a couple of houses, right, and almost killed people. Yes, she she smashed into a garage, and then she smashed into a house. The house is on fire. Lady is going to be lucky to live. Yeah. And Anne Hesh has these burns all over her body. Then it comes out she was reportedly drinking vodka and downing wine coolers while doing a podcast just hours before she... Drove her vehicle into the garage in the apartment building. Holy smokes. Yeah. See, Alec Baldwin came out and, and wished her all the best. Not not a joke. I'm not setting you up for a joke. But, the, yes, he actually did say, like, oh, she's an amazing person, and I hope she recovers, and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, dude, Alec, read the room. What about the lady she almost killed? Then I remembered, well, Alec Baldwin's a cold-blooded murderer who got away <laughs> with it, so not... So, yeah, he's probably just glad his high score is protected. Oh, my goodness, man. hope this other lady's going to be all right. Um, there's been a GoFundMe started by her neighbors for her. Man, oh, man, the whole place catching on fire. Yeah. You know, we'll see where that goes. Other stuff to get to. Um, you know, one of the questions with the whole trans issue has been, what are we going to do about sports? What about a trans league is that such a terrible thing there's one sport considering it we'll get to that and much more coming up right here all right the markley van camp and robin show i'm jamie markley that's david van camp scott robin's on vacation back in a couple days so always thank you for being here the world boxing council um is thinking about a little change because they don't want to get their women fighters killed yeah so the president of the council, Mauricio Salvador, 
I screwed it up, is considering a proposal to create a league solely for transgender boxers just to protect the female fighters. It doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Well, that's been brought up uh, a lot of times when you're talking about especially biological men invading the space created for women. Um, just create a transgender league, although with, with boxing, it does kind of seem like you're, you're more likely going to wind up with a bunch of, you know, also ran male fighters boxing each other. You're just creating like a B league for men. That no one will care to watch. No one will care about it. No, but that doesn't bother me. No, just protect the women. Right. But he said, we've contemplated making the proposal of a league just for transgender fights. We've had this ongoing forum. What we're looking for is to avoid a security and a danger situation with a potential accident in the ring. That could happen. Oh, sure it could. Every time we talk about something like this, I think about the biologically male rugby player just running over <laughs> women all over the place, just trucking them. It's, it's like a comedy routine. You would think it was like stunt people in this comedy piece, but it's real. It's real. <laughs> just, it's this dude just, just wailing on women who are like a foot shorter than him. Yeah, yeah they're like bouncing off of him like rubber balls. <laughs> Insane. Again, man, I'm just saying, I want to identify as a five-year-old and go kick some ass in T-ball. <laughs> just go yard every time. The <laughs> uh, dude went on to say there are medical studies, specific issues. It will be on the agenda the, the next convention. Um, but our position regarding women's boxing is absolute and total protection. In no way are they going to change the condition for women's fights. You can't do it. And I think that's a good a good thing. Well, Joe Rogan had come out before and talked about this. Was at the Taekwondo tournament. He's saying you can't fight women. That's bleeping crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that that's just stating the obvious. That especially any sort of combat sport, MMA, uh Taekwondo, martial arts, you mm-hmm. know, boxing, any of that, that that's where fantasy is out the window, man. You you cannot have full-grown men wailing on women in the ring. Yeah. Well, this is one of the reasons that Rogan is hated so much by the left. And he'll be quick to say, hey, don't, don't pigeonhole me as right wing because I'm not. But I think people on the right appreciate him because he just tries to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that statement was hilarious. If you want to be a woman in the bedroom and you want to play house and all that other bleep and you feel like you have your body is really a woman's body trapped inside a man's frame. So you got an operation. That's all good in the hood. But you can't fight chicks. Get the bleep out of here. Right. right. You're out of your mind. You need to fight men, you know, period. <laughs> I know. We can't, we can't have the Ray Rice Boxing League, okay? No. The last part. You need to fight men your size because you're a man. You're a man with a bleep. <laughs> man, one of the funniest stories that I saw over the weekend uh, was this dude named Troy. And all he wanted to do was waste spammers time. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. Felt like I get all these spam emails. It's a waste of time. I want to waste their time. All right. So this is how it works. He gets an email. Somebody's asking him to do something like sign up for their service to boost web traffic, right? Could be anything, though. So he copies and pastes a canned response where he says, it sounds exciting. 
and I'm on board, but I need to leave. I need you to leave your information in a special form. Here's the link. So then it requires the spammers to set up an account with an email and password, like if you sign up to comment on a site or something like yeah. that. But he has it set so it will never accept their password. And there's this <laughs> endless list of reasons. Password must contain at least one number. Uh, it's got to contain a U.S. zip code. Uh, must end with dog. <laughs> and then he gets a report on how much time the spammers wasted trying to set it up. Love that story. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robin's on vacation back in a couple of days. I'm sure he's very excited about the Inflation Reduction Act. The fact that it doesn't reduce inflation. Yeah. Can't wait to hear his take on that. Yeah. But, oh, wait a second. It is going to reduce inflation. It just might take a year, maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. Well, the Senate has passed the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which won't actually do much, if anything, about inflation. And they're admitting that. By the way, it heads to the House, and I guess on Friday they're back in session, and this will breeze through. Um, And they're kind of admitting, though, that this won't do anything with inflation. Democratic Senator Chris Coons was on ABC's This Week and he was asked when inflation might start to come down with this bill. Hmm. It may take a year or more, but look, George, we've seen um, gas prices come down week after week after week for the last five weeks in a row. Gas no. in Delaware is now below $4. Okay, great. What does that have to do with this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yes, inflation is higher than it should be, but we just got a robust uh, jobs number uh, more than 500,000 jobs created in this past month. So? It's the same talking points all the time. So what? And the- Unemployment's the lowest it's been in my lifetime. Uh, and I think we've got a strong economy, a strong recovery underway. Well, then in that case, why did, we, why, why did y'all pass a $700 billion <laughs> bill? <laughs> That's a great point. Gas <laughs> prices are coming down. Got a yeah. great jobs report. Yeah. So... So obviously this isn't needed. This isn't necessary whatsoever if everything is great. But again, but I, so many of our people are invested in green energy, and we got a lot of money tied to it. A lot of people that pay yeah. our salaries want us to vote on this. So, I mean, that's why we did it, because yeah. we're horse. And, and the big takeaway, too, is that they've effectively doubled the size of the IRS. And they say, well, this is to go after the millionaires and billionaires and whatever, and we're going to make sure there are fewer tax cheats, except that's never how it works. Look at the record. What happens every time the government beefs up the IRS is there may be one or two years where they do try to go after extremely wealthy people, except the one thing that extremely wealthy people have access to is really good lawyers who fight for years against the IRS. Yes. Well, then Congress hauls in the IRS and they talk about, hey, why aren't you recouping lost tax dollars at the rate we want you to? And they say, okay, boss, I guess we're going to do that. And guess who gets screwed? Those of us who aren't multimillionaires and billionaires. Right. 
And all I can think is Pelosi, her husband, the insider trading that goes on. Yeah. Uh, forget about that. We've got more IRS agents, and this is going to be a good thing. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> story again over the weekend that you have these migrant buses going to not only D.C., but New York now, and the whining yeah. from the mayors of both D.C. and New York about Texas and Arizona sending migrants by the busload to these cities. But this is what you wanted. Yeah, your sanctuary cities, right? You should love it. Uh, the governor of Texas is putting illegal immigrants on charter buses, sending them to D.C. and New York. And the mayor of New York City over the weekend called it horrific because we don't just have the ability to care for these people, but we're going to try. Uh, and he claims that Governor Greg Abbott is forcing people to go somewhere they don't want to go. Now, left-wing activists are mad as well. This is uh, Murad Awade speaking with CNN's Alex Marquat. Okay. Asylum seekers have really... Um, already made a dangerous trek some over 3,000 miles on foot to get to the southern border and then are being bused almost 2,000 miles to New York City. I think that the uh, bigger piece here is ensuring that we see the humanity in people. So I think that the buses are air conditioned. I, I was going to say, if you've, if you've traveled 3,000 miles by foot, then a charter bus is awesome. Absolutely. You're feeling like this is the lap of luxury, baby. So I think that right now the federal government needs to step up a little bit and really coordinate with states so that we're able to uh, move people into where they want to go and then provide them with the care that they deserve. Deserve? Why do they deserve it? Right. Uh, seriously, if you want to give to people that are in great need, you have every right to do it. I think it's a good thing to do. But do we have the right to go to another country and have people take care of us? How does that work? No. Remember, we don't have any money. We're over $30 trillion in debt. This is insanity. They, they certainly deserve more than what they're getting uh, right now. What, they're in the United States. Right, right. That's what they wanted. That's the dream. And you're saying these are two of the greatest cities, not only in the nation, but in the world. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be there with opportunity? I mean, you, you should think that you would, or you would think that you would love this opportunity. Yes, it's almost show, what you've been begging for. Right, to show these idiot racists in Texas how it's <laughs> done. Right? Yes. Why, why aren't you jumping for joy and saying, actually send more right now? I hear the talking point all the time. Bring us your huddled masses. Well, right. yeah, to those states, but not ours up here <laughs> in the East Coast. Right. Well, they got, they got used to basically picking and choosing which migrants they took. Yes, of course. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi, um, not only a topic of conversation in the United States, but around the world. Yeah. With how China has reacted to her trip to Taiwan. And she said, what? Yeah. Well, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi talked about her relationship with China. You know, not, not, not the whole investment thing. No. no. Just in general, right? This was during a press conference at the U.S. Embassy in Japan. Okay. When I was a little girl, I was told at the beach if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. So we've always felt a con connection there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my gosh. So I was told if I dig a hole, you go to China. So there's just this deep connection, you know. And one time I, I had an egg roll. Um, 
and I, and I liked it. I mean, I can't have as much of the fried food anymore with my health and everything. But yeah, I've always felt this deep connection. Mm-hmm. What is that? I used to go to the beach as a little girl and stare down at the sand and think, someday I'll be in China. <laughs> Golly. Get these old senile Atticus people out of my government. Seriously, how many people, once you get to like 75, hitting on 80, okay, that it's not like time to retire? I mean, do these people really think there's no one that could do this gig quite as good as me? I am just a tireless, um, unselfish public servant, oh, and right. I know no one could quite do it like me, so I'm just going to keep mm. go- keep on going. That's insane. Yeah, it is. All right. Oh, you know what? Uh, tip of the cap to somebody that's been made fun of a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Not Not a ton by me, maybe a little here and there, but certainly you... David and Robbins, and that would be one Vince Neal of Motley Crue. Oh yeah, well it's yeah, it's the Vince Neal uh, body double. This Vince Neal ate the old Vince Neal. <laughs> he's he's slimmer than he has been in the past. A little bit, a little bit less bloated. Yeah, a little true. bit. Okay. Um, did you know he actually got a standing ovation singing at the Grand Old Opry last week? Really? Yes. Now, some people think that he sounds a little off-key here, Mm. all right? Isn't that just part of, I don't know, (laughs) the whole aura, the whole show with Vince? Yeah, I mean, if he sang completely on-key, you'd think somebody recorded it. It wouldn't be authentic. (laughs) You know what I mean? So this is just part I've heard some awful Vince Neil vocals in my day. Yeah. That's not that bad. No, that doesn't sound... That sounds better than I've heard in years. Right. See? It's not bad. I mean, Okay, that's what I thought. It's intelligible. You can actually pick out individual words. Yes. Uh, that's that's pretty good for Vince Neal. It's not like some of the ones we've heard in the past. No. I think you like to do, you know, the what up, which yeah. does uh, kick start my yeah. heart. And what's how do you spell the word? It's uh, W-A-D-A, I believe. What up? Yes. <laughs> yes, I think that is in fact it. We We may have to bring that up by the end of the show. I don't know. But good for me. He got a standing ovation. At the Grand Ole Opry. You got to admit, that if you were able to do that, David, that would be a cool thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Talk to teachers and firefighters about how great gas prices are. You got to hear the White House press secretary. That and much more coming up. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Back in a couple of days. Got to talk gas prices. Oh, yeah, real quick. Okay. Um, We're going to have to do it later. (laughs) Yeah, that's Vince Neal. We were just talking about how uh, he got a standing ovation at the Grand Ole Opry. Mm -hmm. And he didn't sound that bad. 
there have been other times that guy has sounded awful, but that's we got to get to that later in the show. Gas prices. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, yeah, the White House press secretary. She's always slinging it. Oh, yeah, trying to at least, trying to. It's not working very well. She's not very good at her job. Uh, the White House is trying to do a victory lap, though, over gas prices because they have come down somewhat ra- rapidly over the last seven weeks or so. Uh, but the national average is still over $4 a gallon, so obviously still uncomfortably high. Uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, though, was asked why the president is bragging about this, considering the prices are so high. And listen to this. Because it's gone down. It's still $1.72 higher than when he took office. It It has come down in a way that we haven't seen its trajectory coming down in over a decade. Still $4 a gallon, though. Is that good? You want to talk to a nurse or a teacher? or a firefighter, if, if having that little bit of breathing room doesn't matter to them. Are nurses and teachers and firefighters saying gas prices are only $4.11? I'm saying, that, great. I'm saying that, that, that even that little bit of breathing room matters to families. It does, but you're celebrating it. Right. Like you just won. That's not what relates to people. Especially during this summer when people are traveling, when people are trying to do what they can for their families, when people are trying to think about what are we going to do with our kids, drive them to camp, driving to see other family members across the country. (laughs) When these people try to relate to average everyday Americans, it's always hilarious. (laughs) No, I mean, and them taking a victory lap is like Ike Turner saying, I'm only hitting her twice a day. I mean... That's a hot take. Dang. But I understand your point, and it's accurate. <laughs> the point is, is like, well, when when everything is still spiraling out of control, but maybe it's less bad than it used to be, um, that's not a cause for celebration. You don't, still get to do, you don't get to do a victory lap over that. Correct. Or Hunter Biden saying, yeah, I'm only taking three hits off the crack pipe every day. Yeah, it used to be way worse. It used to be three hits every hour. There you go. Did you see this over the weekend? Elon Musk slamming the whole push to free Brittany Griner, the WNBA star that's in jail in Russia from a drug offense there. Uh, nine years is what she was sentenced to in prison. Yeah. People are freaking out. you got to bring her home now. Mm-hmm. Well, originally we were told, hey, this is way above and beyond what Russia would normally do for this type of offense. Yeah. Uh, not exactly. That, that's actually not true. And, and they do this to foreigners in particular because you never know. They There is absolutely a political motivation for mm-hmm. that because they generally won't be that harsh for some hash oil or whatever uh, with Russian citizens. Uh, but with foreigners, yeah, they have some pretty steep penalties if you try to come into the country and they catch you. And they may apply the law differently depending on what the temperature of the regional politics or world politics are but it's not actually nine years in prison for that is not nearly the most extreme punishment we've seen for a minor drug offense so what did elon musk have to say he said you know if the president is working so hard to free someone who is in jail in russia for some weed shouldn't we free people in america (laughs) it's an interesting point isn't it I mean, yeah, if you are going to be negotiating like a hostage swap, essentially, for drug crimes, then, yeah, you need to start letting more people out. 
Huge. If you are in jail for a drug crime right now and you're like, we're doing everything I can. This is unjust what they've done to Brittany Griner. Versus like, hey, I'm in jail for weed. What about me? Are you saying it's just because she's a WNBA player? That what it is? Yeah. Well, probably. Um, Elon Musk went on to say there are people in jail in America for the same stuff. Shouldn't we free them too? My opinion is that people should not be in jail for nonviolent drug crimes. He said that before. So whenever, you know, different people will say, you know, Elon Musk, he's just part of the right wing now. Yeah. That's simply not true. Yeah. Well, kind of the same as what they say about Rogan. Yeah. And I was, I was also going to say, uh, I disagree, Elon. Yes. Yeah, I do too. Uh, that's the thing. With someone, with either of those guys, you can disagree on a number of different things, but still have some respect for the person where well, they sure. come from. But with the left, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Just the way it is. Did see this survey come out, or it was a poll, that adults 40 years old and younger, on average, it takes eight warning lights for them to take their car to a mechanic. Wow. Eight. Okay, you are in that group, David. Can yeah. you explain this? Uh, I don't know. It'll probably work itself out. Have you ever had it bite you or someone you know? Like they just blew it off? Um, for for me, it's not so much the warning lights. I mean, because warning lights are really specific now. They've they've come a long way in, in vehicles that have been made in the last seven years or so. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll... If it says, you know, I don't know, low tire pressure, yeah, okay, I'll go and fill it up because mm -hmm. it'll tell me which, which tire is low. So I'll go do that. If there's a check engine light, maybe it's the gas cap, whatever, I'll, I'll eventually take it in. I don't rush to the mechanic. Yeah, that's different, man, because you used to be if that came on, you were going to be in a bad way yeah. pretty soon. One in three people say, the only way I take it in really is if smoke comes out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's your trouble right there. It's a little late by that point. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And biggest story today is what, David, the bill? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Democrats in the Senate have passed a bill that they say is the Inflation Reduction Act, even though it won't actually do anything uh, to combat inflation. What it does is it, it doubles the size of the IRS. Uh, and it has a whole lot of green weenie environmentalist stuff in there. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the other part is that it's propping up Obamacare, the corpse of Obamacare, which I thought by now it was supposed to basically be paying for itself, right? That supposed was what it was be. sold as. So Absolutely. it's a big bailout to, to insurance providers. Wow. All right. More on that. Plus, a woman banned from a city pool for refusing to shower or change in front of a dude. Where are we at? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. There's the millennial David Van Camp. The sexy boomer Scott Robbins on vacation back in a couple of days. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, the U.S. is uh, apparently going to be... <laughs> I can barely get the words out of my mouth. Uh, U.S. is going to be sending another four and a half billion dollars to Ukraine uh, for budget needs. You see, they they got a budget shortfall, and apparently Ukraine is part of the United States now. 
We don't have any money. Uh, yeah, but we do. We have $4.5 billion for Ukraine. Apparently. So we're borrowing more money yeah. to give to Ukraine. Yes. Okay, even though the reports were last week, the White House, a little uneasy with Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, because of possible corruption. I mean, yeah. it's been one of the most corrupt countries over the last couple of decades. Yeah, well, they, they got Joe Biden's secrets to protect, so Democrats are just all on board with sending that money. And a few key Republicans, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And I guess who's going to be happy about that? Well, not only Ukraine. The mass industrial military complex. Well, yeah, of course. Making boatloads of money. Yeah. And everyone invested in it. All right, more on that a little bit later. Uh, this is a crazy story, how we gave away, like, breakthrough technology when it comes to batteries, and we gave it to China. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so 10 years ago, there was a group of engineers and researchers. They met together in a warehouse in Washington about 10 years ago again. Uh, they had, you know, as the story goes from, this is actually from NPR of all places is reporting this. I was surprised by that. They were building this battery uh, based on a design created, uh, created by a couple dozen U.S. scientists at a government lab. The batteries were about the size of a refrigerator, and they held enough energy to power a house and could be used for decades. So the engineers who were designing this thought, hey, yeah, I mean, people are going to put this next to their air conditioners. They're going to attach solar panels to them, and everyone's going to live off the grid, right? Right. Uh, and it was a big promise here. But that's not what happened. Instead... The batteries, well, the warehouse where these batteries were supposed to be made is now shuttered and empty. All the employees who worked there were laid off. And more than 5,200 miles away, a Chinese company is making them in China. Huh. Now, the Chinese company that is making them didn't steal the technology. Because a lot of times that is exactly what happens. Yeah, they, they send in grad students or whatever into universities to get, you know, research positions, and then they just send information back. Or they or there's corporate espionage that goes on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it happens all the time. They didn't steal this, though. It was given to them by the Department of Energy. This was part of a sub-license, and then later, last year, as part of a license transfer. So the Northwest News Network found the uh, federal agency allowed the technology and jobs to move overseas, violating its own licensing rules while failing to intervene on behalf of U.S. workers in multiple instances. And now China has gone ahead investing millions into this green technology that was supposed to help keep the U.S. and its economy out front. And why would they do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure some of themselves. Yeah, they had money in it. Yes. <laughs> and now, as we've talked about before, when, you know, all these people are talking about, yeah, we've got to go green, green energy is good, it's the future. Well, we have to get all the materials from China. Yeah. To go green. And we don't, <laughs> we don't have the infrastructure. I mean, it's maddening. I mean, right now you're talking about $15 million in taxpayer money to go towards research to build these things. And just like that. We sell it to China. People should be put in jail. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I mean, we got to st first just stop it from happening. We can't be doing this anymore. It's the same way where you have 
couple of senators saying we can't sell farmland to China anymore. Yeah. Especially around military bases. Right. What are we insane? What are we doing? Yeah, we're we're insane and dumb. Yes. And the other thing, dude, and I know for some people, well, it sounds like a crazy conspiracy if you're talking about us doing things for Ukraine or China because of Joe and Hunter Biden's relationship with people in those countries. Part of it doesn't make any sense, the right. deals that we do. You got any better suggestions of why we do things that hurt us and help them? It, it doesn't make sense. But it does seem like even legacy media is waking up to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Oh, yeah. Well, this was kind of a surprise. Uh, CNN's chief propagandist, Brian Stelter, actually brought up the saga of Hunter Biden, who could very well be facing criminal charges for his financial shenanigans overseas. Not to mention, you know, the whole underage sex trafficking ring he apparently was a customer of. Uh, Not to mention the weapons charges that he could be in line for. Uh, but Brian Stelter, he was interviewing the former press secretary for First Lady Jill Biden, a horrible human being. Uh, this guy's name is Michael LaRosa. And the question of whether or not Joe Biden would run for president again came up. And that's the backdrop to this. OK, I don't see I don't see why he wouldn't run. I haven't about heard the reason son? why. What about Hunter? Hunter under federal investigation. Charges could be coming at any time. This is not just a right wing media story. This is a real problem. What? What did he say? This is not just a right-wing media story. This is a real problem well, yeah. for the Bidens. Mm-hmm. Could he decide not to run for re-election, given his son? Look, they make, they make decisions as a family, and um, they will make that decision uh, when it's time. But like you, you they've said, talked, he intends to Do you to run. think they've talked about it yet? No. They're, the president's doing his job. He's doing his work. He's not focused on that. It's 19 months. <laughs> Why would he be doing that? Um, okay, so you're saying so the press is getting ahead of... Way ahead. Way ahead. Look, there's more work to do. No. Okay, this is all just BS. Just play the rest of the clip. Uh, it's been 19 months, and, um, you know, he, t- he intends to run, like you said. Hmm. But I think we... I think... I think the focus should be from the press on how what he is doing is affecting people out in the country. Yeah, yeah, and people don't like it. Do you notice how progressively more nervous he starts to sound? Yeah. Like, it's like he, internally he knows he's lying his butt off. Like He totally got punched in the nose and wasn't expecting it and is just trying to recover his footing. Yes. And somehow I get the feeling as far as Stelter goes, it's like, well, wait a second. Uh, I know I'm on the hot seat here. Where I got new bosses. They said something about yeah. being more of an actual news outlet. Uh, I better start fighting for this job of mine. Right. Maybe I'll tell the truth. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, because remember in 2020, before the election, he just said, ah, it's a right wing conspiracy theory, this whole thing with Hunter Biden. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the significance of these manufactured scandals. There's a lot about this story that does not add up, but we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. (laughs) This doesn't age well for you, Brian. A tip from Bannon and a hard drive dump from Rudy led a former producer for Sean Hannity's show to write a story for the New York Post that gets splashed on the front page that Rudy then used to trash the Bidens all over Fox, and they're doing it almost every hour of the day. Now let's pull up Don Jr.'s tweet from just a little while ago. How, he says, how will the media attempt to sweep this one under the rug? They just did it. That is the meta narrative. That's the big story they're telling. That, that It's also the truth. Yes, it is. 
And, and a lot of us said that at the time. And I think it's amazing now that you got Brian Stelter, the Democratic Party's favorite <clears throat> massage wand, telling the truth. <laughs> it, you know, be fighting for his gig, and you know Biden's on his way out. That's part of the plan, too. right? You, you you just you really do have that feeling that they're going to wait until the midterms because oh, the yeah. Attorney General Merrick Garland has mm-hmm. already said he's not going to issue any indictments that would or could affect the midterm elections. It's like we're out of, we're in that window where nobody's getting indicted. So maybe at the end of the year, maybe mid-November, late November, the indictments will start coming down on on Hunter Biden. You get the feeling something is gearing up and it's over for Joe because it's kind of like they're giving him the gold watch saying, "Hey, you got these bills passed. Good job, Biden." And they're mm-hmm. setting him up for a graceful exit more than anything else. Because I, I, Yeah, all of a sudden Joe's going to come out and say, you know, my doctor told me I'm uh, maybe cognitively not where, you know, I used to be. If it you holds know. near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. True and international depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just right. whatever. I uh, mentioned this story. And saw it from Substack, uh, was written by Matt or- uh, Osborne, about this woman, 80 years old, was banned from the city pool. Why? And it says it in the headline, refusing to shower or change in front of a man. So I'm just going to read from the story. Yeah. Okay? This is how it goes down. Uh, she was startled by a voice of a man while she was in the shower, rinsing off after her usual lapse at the Port Townsend, Washington community pool, Julie Jammon a pillar of her community and mother of two adult daughters, heard a man talking. So she poked her head out of the plastic sheet between herself and the man. She saw him wearing a woman's swimsuit, supervising little girls as they stripped off their own swimsuits to pee. She asked him, do you have a penis? Naive, unassuming, unversed in the new religion of genderism, unaware that wokeness has quietly abolished all privacy rights for women and girls in Washington, Julie had unwittingly invoked the righteous wrath of a new American priest class. None of your business, the man replied. His name, she would later learn, is Clementine. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. She said, you need to leave, thinking about herself as as well as these girls. Rowan DeLuna, who was a young female staffer, was nearby, and instead of diffusing the situation, she immediately escalated it, accusing Julie of disrespecting YMCA values. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. So she gets out to the lobby. Uh, She was informed uh, the police were on their way to arrest her, presumably for proper re-education in the new politics of gender identity. She left and said, stopping by the tiny police station next door to check in. It was only when she talked to the regional YMCA director on the phone later in the day that Julie learned the staff had put words in her mouth and said that the old lady, older lady, had said, you're going to use your bleep to bleep those little girls. Mm. She said, I'm an 80-year-old woman and I do not talk like that. Looking back, she says there was something amiss in the integrity of the staff. No charges have been filed against her. Um, a report or a story uh, in the local paper reported that Julie saw the man touching the girls. Julie said she did not make this allegation to police as reported. 
Nevertheless, CEO Wendy Bart found the charge of blasphemy credible and permanently banned her from the pool. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah, no, I, that, that, well, it's where far left progressive areas are. Yes. Typically. And, and, you know, I know they're trying to make inroads in, in cities where sane people live, but it can't go on like this because more and more people are waking up to the fact that this is completely insane. Like you can respect somebody who's who's got a mental illness and thinks sure. that you know they're a man, they think they're a woman. You can have respect for that person. You can you can treat that person with dignity, but mm -hmm. treating that person with dignity does not mean stripping dignity away from women or telling the truth. Right. Totally. People just have to stand up to that. Oh, something else that I think you've been maybe proven right on, David. At least at this point. Oh yeah. Um, remember the whole thing that went down with Britney Spears? Yeah. And you said, you know, it may turn out that her dad's a hero in all this. I, I think her dad is a hero in this because this guy got tarred and feathered in the media and never said a word in his own defense. Somebody's coming to his defense. Have really? you heard about this? No, yes. I haven't. It's not the biggest story out there today, but it's it's worthy of mention. And another American company has cowered to communist China. Unbelievable. Get to that story as well. Straight ahead, right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation back in a couple of days. Goldman Sachs is saying gas prices is going to surge by the end of this year and then over $4.50 by the second quarter of 2023. Yeah, probably. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me on this. I mean, you got you got a simple issue here that the White House is trying to spike the football on, which is really strange to me. I mean, every available data point shows that one of the reasons why in the United States gas prices went down was because people started driving less. Correct. You also had lower demand expectations in China because of COVID zero policies. So they're thinking, okay, well, if you're looking at the global market, well, there's less demand because this massively populous country of China is not going to be using as much oil. Uh, but, you know, as August rolls in and as back-to-school stuff happens, then you've got Thanksgiving, then you've got uh, the Christmas holiday, more and more people are going to be using it and using gasoline in this country. And also, the Biden administration hasn't done anything to increase not only the supply of oil, but the capacity for refining oil and turning it into gasoline. Correct. So none of the underlying fundamentals of the production of what you put in your car every day or every week or whatever, however often you fill up, nothing mm -hmm. in the line of that production has changed from a federal policy level. No, it's just wordsmithing crap to make it look like you're doing something. It's frustrating, yeah, especially it when you have media outlets that just continue the message. Yeah. Uh, the candy company that cowered to China is Mars Wrigley. Oh, yeah. Make Snickers. They apologized after advertisements in Asia suggested that Taiwan was an independent country. Oh, you can't do that. No. There were online advertisements. And so social media users in China uh, exploded. Very angry. So the company said, we're aware of reports of Snickers-related activities in other parts of Asia where we take seriously and apologize for. We have immediately requested the local team of Snickers to check in and adjust its official website and official social media to ensure that the company's 
publicity content is accurate. Um, we, uh, all markets involved in the event have uh, completed the rectification of relevant content. Uh, we respect China's national sovereignty and territorial mm -hmm. integrity. Mm -hmm. Golly, one after another. Yeah. It's just sad. Oh, and real quick, I mentioned you said Britney Spears' dad is probably a hero. Yeah, I think so. Kevin Federline spoke over the weekend and said he saved her. <laughs> and I have no problem with him. I would welcome him back in my life and my boys' lives. Wow. If they chose. <laughs> wow, that's right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbick Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation back in a couple of days. Okay. Wages are declining. That's yeah. being admitted now? Yeah, yeah, but the White House is working on it, okay? Uh, so when you look at, you know, the jobs report that came out last week, and they, they love to tout at the White House that wages are technically up, but when you account for inflation, people are going backwards, you know, depending on the work that you're doing anywhere from 3 to 5%, even if you get a raise, it's all wiped out. Correct. Because of inflation. And the president is bragging about a bunch of part-time jobs being added to the economy, trying to claim credit for this weird economy that we're in. But uh, on the things that matter, we're in rough waters because prices are still going up. Now, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says, don't worry about the fact that your paycheck doesn't go as far as it used to. And maybe, I don't know, you're dipping into savings or using a credit card to buy groceries. Because you know what? The White House, they're monitoring the situation. Okay, that's what they're really good at, monitoring. <laughs> Look, we, we understand what uh, Americans are feeling. The president understands that uh, very personally. This is why he has done the work that he's done oh uh, this gosh. past 18 months uh, to get the economy going again. And now with, the, with, uh, with inflation as well, with cost. What has he done? to get the economy rolling again. Right. What are you talking about? You caused inflation. We all know this. It's just outright lying again and again. Right. And it's so frustrating. Uh, going up for Americans, he's focused on that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, this is something that we continue to watch very closely, uh, and we're going to continue to do the work uh, to make sure that Americans feel relief. Uh, and so that, that work doesn't stop. Okay. We're so assured now. Yeah, you got a record amount of people taking out credit cards just to pay for their monthly bills. Okay, but we know how they feel, so yeah. that means something, right? We're on your side. Keep no. voting for us, please. Yeah, Joe doesn't know how anybody feels. Come on. The guy loves to tell the same lie about how gas prices would fluctuate when he was growing up, and his dad would be like, Joey, we're going to work hard for him to be okay. Right. Uh, you know, but when was the last time? <clears throat> that Joe Biden even had to shop for his own groceries, much less actually balance his own budget. Come on. His man, crackhead. Great question, <laughs> man. His governor and when he be pre-K. The pre-K. Right. Back then is when it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, his crackhead son's running around the world getting millions of dollars from China and Ukraine and Russia. 
and he's getting a cut of it, apparently. Not to mention the fact that the guy's a multimillionaire after spending his entire life virtually uh, in Washington, D.C. Now, how does that happen? You know how it happens. Right. He's, he's on a the swamp tape. creature. Yeah. Yes. Has been for a long time. Oh, but he's just working hard, Joe, just blue-collar Joe, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Donald Trump <laughs> is out there. He's going to run. You know he is. Yeah, probably. It's That's pretty certain. And so he's talking about not only, you know, the crapper we're in as far as the economy. He's talking about the January 6th stuff and the whole story about how he was going to try to choke the driver because yeah. he wanted to go back and join the people after his uh, big speech on January 6th. And, and he tried to come up and grab the steering wheel and choke the Secret Service agent. Yeah. yeah. So at, at his uh, speech at CPAC in Dallas, he talked about this story that he lunged for the steering wheel and tried to <laughs> choke a Secret Service agent. He was hijacking a vehicle because he wanted to go do an insurrection <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure if I should be honored because I felt very strong. <laughs> and I had these two big, strong Secret Service guys. If one guy could lift 350 pounds, no problem. And I said, take me to the Capitol. No, sir, can't do it. So I grabbed the steering wheel to commandeer the car. And he rebuffed me, she said. He rebuffed. <laughs> this is a comedy routine. And you know it drives legacy media crazy because everyone's in on the joke. Yeah. They're the joke. Interesting. Well, he rebuffed me. Yeah, like this. He rebuffed me. So my hands fell around another powerful guy. Strong as hell. I know these people. These are very strong people. It's just not my deal. And I started to choke him. I felt, you know, when, so when the story came out. I, I'm sorry. The, his inflection on that started to choke him. Yeah. It's just not my deal. Oh. And I started to choke him. I felt, you know, when, so when the story came out. <laughs> some people said, I never knew you were that strong physically. <laughs> and then I, they said I started throwing food all over the White House. No. I have too much respect for the White House, but that somebody could sort of believe. You know that you could, but yeah, yeah, he he did. He probably did throw food. Yeah, I absolutely could believe that. Yes, to think that I'm going to be jumping into the seat, grabbing a wheel, being rebuffed, grabbing this big powerful guy, his neck is like this, and grabbing, I'm going to take him. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's hilarious. No, oh, there's yeah. also. On that note, a hot scoop in Axios, by the way, today. Really? Oh, yeah. What's the scoop? Exclusive photos, Trump's telltale toilet. What? So there was a report that Donald Trump, in the final days of him being in the White House, he was destroying presidential documents by flushing them down the toilet. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maggie Haberman, who's a writer for the New York Times, sorry, the failing new york times has a book yes. coming out and in her book even though this would have been more than a year and a half ago um in the book shares some photos of little torn pieces of paper sitting in the middle of a toilet bowl because that's something that people do 
they take pictures of toilet bowls with things in them. And then if it's such a big scandal, I always ask the question, why'd you wait for the book then to come out? I mean, if this is destroying presidential records, oh, illegal. Why, why'd you hold off for more than a year? Exactly. Anyway. Aren't you trying to protect democracy? Yeah, as Axios puts it. Uh, Maggie Haberman's forthcoming book about former President Trump will report that the White House resident staff periodically found wads of paper clogging a toilet and believe the former president, a, no- a notorious destroyer of Oval Office documents, was the flusher. <laughs> Destroying records that should be preserved is potentially illegal. Trump denied it and called Haberman, whose New York Times coverage he follows compulsively, called her a maggot Hmm. well it turns out there are photos and here they are published for the first time haberman who obtained the photos recently shared them with us ahead of the october 4th publication of her book confidence man the making of donald trump and breaking of america (laughs) trump white house source tells her the photo on the left shows a commode in the white house the photo on the right is from an overseas trip according to a source okay so Somebody was holding on to toilet photos, remarkably clean toilets, by the way. I just want to say they they look spotless. But someone was holding on to these photos for more than a year. Really? That's what we're to believe? Yeah. Okay. These people have no shame, man. (laughs) They've been broken. That is the truth. They have really been broken. Yeah. All right. We got to move on. I got to get to this Elon Musk story. Did you see, um, not only was he going after Biden over the weekend, he publicly challenged the current Twitter CEO, Parag Agrawal, to a mm-hmm. debate. This whole thing about him buying Twitter, yeah. saying, hey, it's you got a bunch of bots on there. Prove to me you, this isn't all bots. I mean, I, if I'm going to make money off of this, you're making money off of bots. And Twitter is saying that's only 5%. Yeah, it's more than 5%. Come on. Yeah, most analysts would agree with that. And so Musk's team conducted an analysis with the bottle meter. Are you familiar with that? No. And it was created by researchers at the University of Indiana. And they're saying it's a lot more than 5%. So he has challenged the Twitter CEO to a debate. You know that guy's not going to do that at oh, all. Oh, no. Won't do it. Well, that's the guy, yeah, in the interview where he talked about uh, Twitter. It's it's not about free speech. It's what they deem to be. How? What was his wording of that? We still have the clip. What did he say? Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. And our move, moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. Oh, what we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. Ah. It's not, yeah. the, not about the First Amendment. The kinds well, no. of things that we we do to what about this is to focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. Oh, yeah. It's not about your free speech. The times have changed. Yeah. We're in charge now. Okay. One of the changes today that we see is speech is easy on the Internet. Most people can speak. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. Oh, and we get to choose. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would love to see that debate, but I think you're right. That's probably not going to happen. Um, saw this story over the weekend. 
and it, I suppose it jumped out at me because I've had a couple of daughters that were both lifeguards. Um, and you're trained for a lot of different things, situation in the pool. Um, but delivering a baby is usually not one of them. The, no. Uh, yeah. Natalie Lucas, she's 18 years old. Lifeguard at a pool in Colorado, YMCA. And had to spring into action to help delivery deliver a baby on the pool deck. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's keeping your head on a swivel, isn't it? Yeah, it's just said the baby was out within like five minutes of when she was told. Uh, uh, the, the husband was like, we're, "I think we're gonna have a baby right now." What? We're gonna have a baby right now. Springs into action, and five minutes later, there you have the baby. Wow. Whoa, dude. Dang, man. For my first kid, we were in the hospital for like 13 hours before we wound up having to have an emergency C-section. You're not blaming your wife for that, are you? Maybe. I have stuff to do. Okay? (laughs) Nobody ever talks about the effect that childbirth has on men. Okay? Good luck with that. I was bored. (sighs) Bernie Sanders, he doesn't like the Inflation Reduction Act. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. You know who's really not a fan of the Inflation Reduction Act? Who's that? That would be one Bernie Sanders. Oh. He's not happy at all. Thinks it's a load. Yeah, that crusty old fraud. Oh! Yeah. Hey, Bernie. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't like it. Yeah, well, he still voted for it. He did, but as far as calling it the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see the, the quotes that he came out with where he, he brought up the fact that something that Democrats have called the Inflation Reduction Act actually won't reduce inflation. So after he was saying, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support it, but I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating this evening. I say so-called... Because according to the Congressional Budget Office and other economic organizations that have studied this bill, it will, in fact, have a minimal impact on inflation. We actually said it. Okay. We need to remember that we must focus on the major crises facing working families. If we cannot do that, not only will people continue to hurt and suffer, but to my mind, it is questionable. How long we will remain a democracy. Bernie, my poor Bernie. Yeah, but but this show goes and votes for it anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, well, it's this good thing, but it's not going to do what it says it does. Right. Right. The guy is a fraud. But, I mean, what he voted for, this guy talks about how evil insurance companies are and all this stuff. This is a massive bailout for health insurance companies. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, so what, what the when hell they, is he talking about? When I've about? seen different people go through the entire thing and they lay it out, what's really in there. Yes, more than half of it is green energy stuff. And when you're talking about prescription drugs and being able to negotiate, and then you hear, and that kicks in in 2026. Right. What? Yeah. 2026? So it's not actually going to help anybody right now with anything affecting us. Correct. That does not make any sense. No, it doesn't no, make any sense. No, it doesn't. And, and again, the the big takeaway here again, I, I think it's it's cynical as hell, but it's but it's smart, strategically thinking, because relative year over year, 
inflation numbers are probably going to moderate. So, you know, we'll be probably in February or so, and consumer price index will be at like 3.5%. And they'll be able to say, see, look, we passed this Inflation Reduction Act, and now inflation's only at 3.5%. Except they're not going to tell you that that's actually 13.5% higher than it was when Joe Biden took office. It's like in your home budget, and it's like you have two people that agree, hey, we've spent all we can for the month, okay? Mm -hmm. We can't have any extra expenditures because we're tapped. And one spouse goes out and buys three, four things and comes back and says, you don't understand, I saved $370. Right. But you spent two grand. You didn't really (laughs) save anything. Yeah. You spent... No, no, no. We saved. No, we didn't. Here's your here's your two thousand dollar tax credit on your Tesla, but you still spent fifty grand on a car. Right. Save two grand though. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Wanted to bring this up because this used to be your favorite guy in football, David Deshaun Watson. Yeah, when he played for Houston. Really disappointed me. And you know it's been well documented all of his issues. Um, and now suspended six games for alleged sexual misconduct involving more than, well, 24 massage therapists. Yeah. So he's in Cleveland now. Can you believe that Cleveland is the town that is hosting the American Massage Therapy Association? (laughs) No no Deshaun Watson's allowed. (laughs) I saw that story. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Seriously? No, I don't think he's going to be getting an invite. The keynote speaker, by the way, is Michael Phelps. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I would imagine. A a lot of athletes go through massage. It's very helpful. I mean, pretty much every sport. But yeah, with the Sean Watson there, that is pretty crazy. And do you think it's actually going to be six games that will be suspended? No, I think it'll probably be less than that. Probably. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And the big story of the day, probably not Deshaun Watson, probably your money. Yeah, well, the uh, they have passed in the Senate. It's on its way to the House. It'll probably pass pretty easily in, on Friday when the House reconvenes. The Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't reduce inflation. But what it does do is it supersizes the IRS so they can come after your money and my money uh, more easily just because you forgot to carry the one. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pathetic. Forgot about all that stuff on eBay that you purchased you didn't pay a tax on, something yeah, like that. Yeah, see, problem. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to getting into that. Um, and much more to get to as well, uh, including you got three teenagers steal a six-year-old's scooter and they beat her up. Oh. What's the proper punishment? We'll try to come up with it. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins on vacation. Just happened to see a headline. But O'Rourke running for governor in Texas. It just says, leaves campaign stop surrounded by Abbott supporters dancing to Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, he's in Rockdale, Texas, which is about halfway between Austin and College Station. <laughs> and, and, yeah, they chased him out. A bunch of people... Carrying Abbott signs and apparently dancing and listening to Kid Rock, yes. That's hilarious. Oh, gosh. Okay, so big story is we're going to have this massive spending bill. Yeah. 
called the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation. Of course. Yeah. It's par for the course. And one of the things it is going to do is hire how many IRS agents? 87,000 new IRS jobs on the table here. Presumably what they say is, well, they're going to be going after multimillionaires, billionaires who may be avoiding taxes. It takes 87,000 of them? Apparently so, yes. But what it really means in reality is that more middle-class Americans will wind up getting audited because those of us who are not multimillionaires wind up getting disproportionately impacted by IRS investigations. And quite, quite frankly, it's this simple. Uh, the reason is because we are easier targets. We don't have a legion of lawyers who can help stave off the federal government. So a lot of times it's, okay, you're under audit, okay, you're going to pay this tax penalty, and then it's just a matter of working out the payment plan. Uh, By the way, you don't mind me asking you a personal question. Yeah. Do you do your own? I do. I do too, but I don't know that I will after this. Wow. Just because I don't want to make some mistake that I don't know about. Yeah. And if you're going turbo and you're just sort of following the prompts along. Yeah. And I think somewhere when you go through that process, it will say to you, you're very low risk of audit. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Um, you almost want to make sure because you know you could be a target. Yeah. I think that's why Robbins, you know, if he was here, he'd tell you, oh, I'm not dealing with the IRS again because he missed a couple of years when he was sick after his heart attacks and then yeah. owed. And yeah, this would be a topic that he. <laughs> We'll have to bring it back up when he is back from vacation because you know he'll freak out a little bit. Yeah. Well, the IRS has to make sure that they're bringing in a certain amount of money every year to the federal government or else Congress gets, you know, gets a little bit testy with them and they demand action. So they go for the easy fish. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, Democratic Senator Ben Cardin, though, he was on Fox News and he was asked whether he could understand why supersizing the IRS would make people worried. And this is what he had to say. Millions of Americans aren't going to be impacted by that other than getting better service from the IRS, having their telephone answered, getting the questions they need in order to comply with our tax laws. Has that been a big issue? People can't get them on the phone? Uh, so, so we're going to hire 87,000 to make sure that it's just better service? Right. Come on. Give me a break, man. The auditing is going to be uh, focused on those of high income, the large corporations, etc. So uh, I, I, there's no reason to be fearful. And if you have paid your taxes and if you comply with our laws, you should want to make sure everyone else does that. Oh, yeah. I would think you would want full rectal exams from the IRS. Yes. If you've done nothing wrong, if you've got nothing to hide, then what does it matter? It sounded like he was knew he was lying from the jump. That's why it started out. Millions of Americans. Yeah. Yeah, you know, of course, whatever. Anytime a lawmaker is on the side of expanding the role of the federal government, and one is particularly frightening as the IRS to millions of Americans who could face financial ruin if they get on the wrong side of the IRS, even if it was just a simple mistake, uh, anytime somebody in that position says, don't be fearful, you should be terrified. Absolutely. And I got to mention again, I love it. The Inflation Reduction Act won't reduce inflation no. until at least a year. Yeah. Maybe at least. more. That's from a Democratic senator. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I mentioned three teenagers stole a six-year-old girl's scooter. This was in New York. And then punched her in the chest. And it's another one of these stories where you see someone innocent minding their own business is robbed, beaten. It goes on and on and on. And this, a six-year-old girl, who does that? Scooter estimated to be worth 30 bucks. What would you do to these guys Oh, if you were in charge, David? Kneecap them. Meaning? That's a 9-millimeter round to the oh. left kneecap. Whoa. I thought maybe you meant just like a stick, take them out no. for like a couple of weeks to a couple no, of I months. Mean, you're I mean, oh, wow. You're, you're hmm. obliterating one of their kneecaps. Hmm. Okay, well, I don't know that I can get my vengeance to rise to that level. You've outdone me already. I was thinking public caning, you know, something that's going to be, you know, smart in there for quite a while. Something that, and if you do this again, then we're going to go bullet to the knee. But no, man, I mean, you're just starting out that way. It, just a message sender. I'm, I'm, you know, listen, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be gracious here, and we can have EMTs on standby, ready with the tourniquet, make sure they don't bleed out. <laughs> But so they'll live, but they're going to limp for the rest of their lives. And every time they limp, they're going to remember if I hadn't have been a complete scumbag mm-hmm. and beat up a six year old to steal her scooter, I wouldn't have this limp. And that limp will serve as a warning to everybody else. Hey, why do you got that limp? Well, see, I tried to bite, I tried to beat up a six year old, and David Van Camp shot me in the kneecap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's that's just pretty much what happened. Yeah. And that's, you know, pretty much the end of the story. Uh, speaking of, like, well, it goes beyond kneecapping. It's actual, like, killing. We've, this has been a well-reported story, actually. Lake Mead. Oh, gosh. Nevada. Yeah. Right there at the Nevada-Arizona border. All these drought conditions, there would be, oh, my gosh, we're seeing, like, dead bodies. Yeah. They just found another one. Yeah. And it four sets of human remains they found now and. Like people who were killed and then dumped in the lake, probably by the mob. Yes. Yeah. And different people said, well, yeah, if you were going to off somebody and you were looking for a place to put the body, that was a pretty good place. I guess it's worked for decades, but now (laughs) because of the drought. Hmm. It's like one after another after another. And do you remember when we first started talking about this? Different officials, people that had been around that area for a while said, I don't think they're done finding bodies. Oh, no, yeah. They they were certain that they would be finding more bodies as the water levels continue to go down. And that's and, absolutely happening. And see, at the end of the day, that's also why my kneecapping thieves idea is more economical. We're running out of places to hide bodies. Okay, <laughs> It's easier to deal with people who have a limp the rest of their life than it is to dump bodies these days. <laughs> That's pretty good. Also saw this. You know, uh, part of the Inflation Reduction Act, um, one of the things that come up, and this was Rubio, Marco Rubio, introduced introduced the measure of uh, making sure that there were provisions that if we were talking about anyone pregnant, it would be biological females. Right. At least, can we all agree to that? We're going to have money going out. The only people being pregnant, capable of being pregnant, are biological females. So federal pregnancy programs should be limited to biological females. We can agree on that, right? Well, that's the truth. 
It is the truth. All 50 Senate Democrats, nah, no, can't vote for that. Can't do it. <clears throat> that actually is true, though. It is true. Because even if you identify, if you, if you buy into this thing, well, gender is the construct. Sex is the biological truth. Even if you buy into all of that, all of the gender nonsense that gets thrown out there these days, it is still then true that females are the ones who give birth. Even if you mm-hmm. identify as a man, you are actually a female giving birth. Yes. But the truth doesn't matter. I mean, that's the same reason, I mean, why they would call it the Inflation Reduction Act, even if it doesn't reduce inflation. It's their truth, I guess. Right. Even though it's not factual. Part of the line that Rubio used was, a few minutes ago, I looked back across 5,500 years of human history, and so far, every single human pregnancy has been biological female. Therefore, the only thing I'm trying to do is make sure that the federal law is clear, since every pregnancy that's ever existed has been in a biological female, and that our federal laws reflect that pregnancy programs are available only to the people who are capable of getting pregnant. Nope, won't agree to it. Because this has become, according to the left, uh, part of the hateful vernacular, mm-hmm. which is biological. Just the word. Yeah. You say, well, biological male or biological female. That is hateful. Oh, yeah. You could upset somebody with that. That's insanity. No, man, you go deep into this. I don't want to go too deep. But when you have an entire... Society of people willing to go along with lies, incredibly destructive things happen. It's happened all throughout history. Yeah. People have to stand up to just speak what is truth for crying out loud. Yeah. When you all, when we all are supposed to and expected to uh, take part in this fantasy, uh, then yeah, there is no such thing as truth anymore. And when truth disappears, then what's to stop anybody from doing anything, really? It's true. I mean, you know, I used to talk about this with Robbins all the time when he'd talk about a slippery slope, and I'm like, dude, that's never going to happen. And I've been proven wrong on a couple of different things. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue that anymore. <laughs> We've seen things right now that we never thought we would see before. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to tell the truth. Also, want to point out real quick, it is National Pickleball Day. Okay. Sure. You know, that's like a craze that is going all across the country. More and more people picking up pickleball. Really? Yes. No doubt. What is pickleball? Um, It's like a blend of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Kind of all together. Okay. You can play it in a shorter amount of space than you can tennis. Okay. Know a lot of people do that picked it up. Do you still use a shuttlecock? You do not. When you play pickleball? No. You do not. Okay. You so don't pickle? have to worry about that. No, it's like more like a plastic ball, really. Are the that's what lo- that's what it looks like to me, anyway. The pat- what? Where does pickle come into the picture here? I, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think it's what you're fearing. <laughs> if that means anything to you, I, mean, I don't. I don't think it's anything to do with that pickleball. I mean, that just kind of sounds like you're putting yourself at a higher risk for monkeypox. <sighs> See, now I'm going to have to look it up to know but no that's not part of it you're gonna be fine okay you're not jumping in a pile it's one-on-one and you're on opposite sides of the court okay Uh, as the cdc recommends (laughs) 
My question is this. Do you know how long it's been around? It's, isn't it, it's probably one of those things that's been around for like 1,500 years or something like that. 57 years. Oh, that's it. Okay. Which Well, I didn't know that. I thought, well, it's just here within the last 20 years. I figured it started in retirement communities or something like that. No, it's been around, and now it has its own national day. The national day for everything. Okay, we got to get to a news update. And, of course, Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Back in a couple of days. News update, David Van Camp. Man, Daily Caller has uh, an exclusive report about the border crisis going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Border Patrol, since last October, which was the beginning of the fiscal year, Border Patrol has encountered a record number of 1.8 million migrants in less than a year. Uh, There were also 19,000 rescues uh, from whether it's heat exhaustion, exposure, drowning, 663 deaths during this time. Now, now, I, I mean, that's just a lot of death because of what Democrats say is a compassionate policy. And I do also want to point out here, you know, there are, I agree, too many firearm-related deaths in this country. There are. Mm -hmm. The immediate thing that Democrats always want to do is ban all the guns. Because rifles in particular, semi-automatic rifles, they say too many deaths happen with that. They do. That's about half. The number of deaths with semi-automatic rifles is about half of the number of people who have died in the last year due to Biden's border crisis. Where's man, the oh man? Where's the CNN town hall, where people are crying and weeping about the death and destruction that's happened all across American communities? Man, that's a great question. I thought you were going in a different direction there when you gave the numbers of encounters: one point eight million. Yeah. All it took D.C. and New York was less than seven thousand to come to their right. city before right. they said humanitarian crisis. Right. Incredible joke, man. Unbelievable. Oh, real quick, you were asking. It's National Pickleball Day. Where's the name come from? Uh, Apparently, it was from the people that invented the game. Joel Pritchard, Bill Bell, and Barney McCallum. And that was on Bainbridge Island in Washington in 1965. Okay. Within a week, Joan Pritchard, Joel's wife, came up with the name Pickleball, a reference to the thrown-together leftover non-starters in a pickle boat race. Said it's like all these games together, so there's the name. Gotcha. Okay. Some people thought they named it after their dog Pickles. Ah. But they named the dog after the game. Wow. They got the dog after the game. See? Useless information you get only here. Right? <laughs> That's a Snapple fact for sure. It, it definitely is. And there's no other connotation. Just so you know, you're safe mm-hmm. and free from monkey pox. I thought it was just because to... maybe their shorts were a little too short. Riding oh, up, but they call it pickleball, you know? <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. We'll start in Florida. Uh, this was just a few days ago. Cops caught a 31-year-old man with a glass pipe. You know what his excuse was? Hey, man, meth is legal now. Uh, no, it's not. You're arrested. Good try, though. 
And the president's son seems to be able to do it with impunity. So <laughs> This is true. And then Everett Washington, police looking for a guy, strolled up to a kid's lemonade stand, gave him a $100 bill. Freaking fake. Counterfeit. Oh. Made off with 85 bucks. He... Nine millimeter to the kneecap. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the internet's paying the kid back, though, but oh, that's, that's your Nimrod. Yeah. Yes.